Welcome to the Final Draft Great Conversations podcast. Now, as you might know, I'm Andrew Bopel, and every week I broadcast Final Draft from the studios of 2SER in Sydney. 2SER broadcasts from the lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and I'm recording on the lands of the Darug and Gundungurra people. I want to acknowledge the traditional owners and pay my respects to their ongoing connection to their lands. Now, on this week's final draft, we featured a new anthology called After Australia. Taking us to Australia in 2050, the collection features an incredible selection of Indigenous writers and writers of colour, telling stories that explore our society and where we're going. So this week on the podcast, we've been doing things a little bit differently and sharing great conversations from that anthology. Uh, Now, I want to introduce you to the latest in that. It is Hannah Donnelly. Hannah is a Wiradjuri author. She has contributed uh, uniquely a prologue and interlude and an afterword to the story, all entitled Black Thoughts. So please stay with me and we're going to introduce Hannah Donnelly. On the line, I have Hannah Donnelly. Hannah is a Wiradjuri writer, and she has got several pieces in this anthology. It is absolutely fantastic. Hannah, look, welcome. Welcome to Final Draft. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, your collection, you you have a, a prologue, an epilogue, and some interludes in the After Australia anthology, and your sections, as they recur, they have what I found was a more immediate and contemporary voice uh, than many of the other stories as well, which which are definitely more future uh, set. For me, as I read, though, you were also something of, if not the omniscient relate- narrator, you were kind of calling our minds back from the future, positioning us in a world that is still, and I realise in my notes I should put a, a language warning on myself, that is still pretty fucked up in the legacy of colony and invasion. How did you conceive of these pieces in the anthology as you were crafting them? Yeah, um, I think that's, you know, kind of very spot on. The kind of way that I imagine writing this is definitely a response to colonialism. Uh, it's it's a, a, a combination of things that kind of brought me to writing in this particular way. Uh, and like you said, it's very, it, it is, um, probably more uh, a contemporary voice in the collection. But actually, having said that, then I have to say that, you know, I don't believe in Western historical timeframes. Um, and the the way that we conceive of speculative fiction is sometimes very binary. Um, when I like to kind of think of Indigenous futurisms as creating our own realities uh, and creating our own histories, um, in, in which I try and play with different things where it's very much in the present and the now, but um, there's kind of this slipstream. And that's one of these things um, that I'm referencing, this idea of the native slipstream, which um, is a concept that comes up in an anthology by Grace Dillon, Walking the Clouds, uh, in which we all kind of know what this slipstream is. We hear it a lot, it's this idea of the past, present and future um, working together. Uh and how I came to kind of write in these um, different sections throughout the book, I was actually very influenced by um, Tommy Orange in um, the book There There, um, which was probably one of the more powerful books that I have read in the recent years. Uh, and how going into the microcosm of everyday life or going into some of that kind of autobiographical fiction 
um, you're still kind of playing with um, these concepts of, um, you know, the colonial narrative versus, you know, what is forced onto us as, uh, as our kind of version of history being the alternative where I'd like to flip that and kind of say, well, my story is the central reality and, um, you know, what you might think of as, you know, you know, Western historical time, colonial histories, that's actually the alternative to me. Um, yeah, does that make sense? I don't know. Absolutely. And I want to get into I want to get into some of the pieces because each of your pieces address the ways systems and institutions of power disadvantage Indigenous peoples from acts of legislation through the justice system. And yeah. in your epilogue, Pamela Why, you give us I think the most potent speculative future in the book, wherein the the current system of of land title is overthrown, lands are handed back on the basis of a piece of legal documentation that you had discovered. Yeah. Now, of course, it is it is probably the most realistic to our thinking because it works through the system as we understand. But it's, that also makes it the the least likely because that system is rigged. So that's right. <laughs> If we truly want to imagine an after Australia, do we then need to ima- reimagine the systems that are propping up the current world? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, that that's where some, some of the stuff is very, um, like that particular um, scenario that you just outlined there. It's very tongue in cheek. It's like, haha, this could happen, but it's never going to happen, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's a bit sarcastic, um, but it's based on real things that have happened and could have happened. Um, but yeah, you're right with the current kind of sociological framework, with the current like you know settler body politic that we have, uh, it's not really going to happen, and it does require um, thinking of whole new futures, um, which is which is. What I kind of didn't do in the in these works, which is what I normally would do, you know, kind of um, romanticize the future where there are new systems and ways of being. Um, but in this in these pieces, yeah, it was kind of more grounded in um, what is what is real, playing with the reality and um, uh, the colonial history, and um, kind of is a little bit cynical uh, in that we're not going to achieve any of those things that you kind of get a glimpse at in some of those pieces. It was devastating the way you presented that and I was really interested in the way you do uh, flip between ways of thinking about time because you, in a very brief uh, three, two or three paragraphs present finding this documentation, sending off an email that sets a chain of events going that that you, you... as a reader, I was wholly engrossed in, and of course, which culminates in you receiving a reply back that is just completely bureaucraties of, that's very interesting, and <laughs> how are you going with the project that you're actually working on? I mean, what does that say about the way we, we do actually conceive of futures? And I guess also, I mean, not to not to call out your, your email correspondent, but the idea that <laughs> this person, whom I presume was white, was very much in in this mindset of, well, stop indulging, let's just work within the system as it exists. Yes, that's right. Uh, um, oh, it's really nice to hear your kind of um, reading of, of 
those paragraphs. And um, funnily enough, those, those paragraphs are quite close to something that actually happened. In that um, kind of that moment where the character goes into, I guess it's a, a future kind of daydream in their, you know, everyday grind, the work job that they have. Um, all of all of those things I can very like distinctly remember imagining all of those things happening and it's where you say you know the idea of playing with time and the fast pace of some of those things outlining everything that could have happened in the space of a few paragraphs because it was just a blink of an eye where I imagined that after I had come across this legislation and sent off an email just wondering um, yeah and uh, and then it was very swiftly um, shut down uh, by the reality of, you know, well, this legal system, the fact that, it, you know, as it says in the book that this particular piece of legislation was before federation and all of the legal bureaucratic complications that they just weighed down upon me as soon as I had. Imagine this really bright future for a second around um, handing land back uh, and then it was just, you know, back to the usual um, I want to. I want to go a little bit further with this, and I'm not gonna. I'm not. Yeah. Gonna, I'm not gonna call out my interlocutor here, but I was having a conversation um, the other day about sort of futures and and the way we engage with them. And the person that I was speaking to, I was getting frustrated with me, and I was getting frustrated with them. And I, I, I proposed. I said, "Well, look, we could all just." We being the, the person I was speaking to was also white. We said we could all just get on a boat and go back. To England like that and and that per- the person laughed at me and that that ended the conversation for them because of course that was a fiction that was too ridiculous for them to even countenance but if we think about after mm. Australia we've got we've got words on a page imagining a future and if we think about your your story in Pemulwai where you had discovered words on a paper that that were for you at, in that moment legal foundations and again the legal foundation or what is called by the administration, the Legal Foundation of Australia, are again words on a, pa- on a page. How do we engage with words on a page and how powerful are they in creating those futures? Mm, yeah, it's, well, it has determined, you know, the, the way that we exist in this reality um, as a colony. I think that is like ultimately words on a page are determining how we exist. Um, in in this kind of reality, um, because of the way that um, the legal system use precedence and yeah, it's everything. I think. Let's jump off. Um, oh, sorry. Sorry, you go. I was just gonna. I was just gonna say uh, the other thing I wanted to do because of because of the way my reading of After Australia and, and just engaging with these stories is thinking about, you know, what happens beyond the page. And and you open in Unreconciliatory Futures with the statement, I get pissed off when white people wear the Aboriginal flag. And, you know, you look around and whether it's unreformed rightists in blackface or woke leftists cloaked in symbols to prove that they get it, there's this yeah. huge problem of appropriation and engagement in, a, in yeah. this country. And there are places in, in the country where even acknowledging country is still controversial. I mean, I would even suggest yeah. that there are going to be readers of After Australia 
people probably listening right now who see that their readership is enough. You know, they've engaged, they've done their part. Yep. So how yep. how do you think the ways we engage are going to influence the ways that we create our future? Mm, it's a really important question. I think, I mean, I have to say that the opening to that is, is definitely a personal kind of opinion and I'm definitely not an authority on who who does what. Um, and I think it's really a comment about virtue signaling, um, which is I do find very problematic uh, in, in the context of, you know, different movements and uprisings and, and what we've seen this year in particular has been a massive kind of um, social consciousness directed towards the Black Lives Matter movement. And um, I do think there's there's hard work that needs to be done by individuals that is uh, probably, you know, in, in different layers of, you know, you know self, self-learning and engaging in different spaces. But I guess I guess that line is pretty much. I'm sick of seeing people put a, a a post on Instagram when at the moment that's the particular thing that's cool to do. Uh, but later on, um, they're nowhere to be seen. So yeah, I think it's I think it's about having having a deeper and longer engagement with these with these topics, with these ideas, with these with, you know learning different histories. Um, Understanding different Aboriginal experiences in this country, and um, committing to it in the long term. Uh, yeah, and and sometimes that is kind of uh, a bit conflicting with what you have, what you know to be, you know, the reality that you live in as an individual as well, and you know, it can be uncomfortable, um, but. Yeah, I and then and the kind of other part of the comment that you made around appropriation—it's just it was it's such a um it it was such an interesting kind of thing to think about the flag and the different conversations around um, copyright and the way that the flag is used um, and the way that the community responds and relates to the Aboriginal flag. Um, but also, it's, you know, it's really important to promote Aboriginal creatives, Aboriginal, um, Aboriginal artists that are making and producing works. And that's part of the conversation as well, where I probably didn't get a chance to um, delve deeper into that conversation in that piece. But that's the kind of second part to it is, you know, um, you know, buying from Aboriginal sellers versus buying from you know, fake souvenir, fake art shops, um, fake Aboriginal art um, pieces. It's, yeah, it's, it's such a whole kind of different conversation around fake art um, and its impact on culture. But Thanks so much, Hannah. I am speaking with Hannah Donnelly. She is one of the incredible contributors for After Australia. Like, Hannah, thank you for taking the time to come on Final Draft. No worries. Thank you. That's it for this great conversation with Hannah Donnelly. The After Australia collection is out now through a firm press. Great Conversations is recorded on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation at two SER's Broadway studios in Sydney, Australia. The show is produced and presented by Andrew Popel. The final draft Great Conversations podcast, well, it's all about books, writing and literary culture. 
So maybe you could help me help others discover great new Australian books and stories. If you give us a rating, leave a comment wherever you're listening to the podcast, those ratings, they help put Final Draft in front of more eyes in the podcast world. It's a way for others to discover great Australian writing. If you want to keep up with us, well, we're on all the you know socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just look for at Final Draft 2SER. My name is Andrew Popel. I'll be back next week with more great conversations from Final Draft. Till then, happy reading.